stand for uh, as a community? If people were to look at us as a church, what would they see? What would they say, St. Peter's Broccoli is about this or about that? And today we're talking about being people who open up ourselves to the Bible, who love the scriptures. And so we're going to have a reading from the Bible. Um, It's from 2 Timothy 3, and I'm going to start at verse 14. Familiar words, perhaps, to some. So if you've got a smartphone or something, do open that up. 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 14. This is the Apostle Paul, and he is writing to his young apprentice, Timothy, uh, as he passes on the baton of leadership. Uh, Paul is um, getting towards the end of his ministry, and so there's an extra poignancy to what Paul is saying as he writes to Timothy. And uh, this is what he says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes through trusting in Christ Jesus. This is the famous bit. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And Father, just in these moments, would you speak through these passages now and bring your life. Amen. Amen. So I think Paul knows that there'll be times when Timothy feels like giving up on being a a Bible person. And so he says, keep on going, keep on going, being faithful to the scriptures, keep on opening yourself up to the Bible. And I think the same is true for us, that there are times when we're tempted to drift away from the Bible into other things, other ideas. And so there's that encouragement to be faithful to the scriptures. Keep on being a man or woman of the word. But I want to ask you a question. I wonder how you would describe your relationship with the Bible at the moment. How would you describe your relationship with the Bible? Maybe you're a kind of all-in, yes, I'm a Bible person, coffee and the Word every morning, that's me, best way to start the day. Maybe you're there. Or maybe you're a little bit more like, uh, it's complicated, you know, mixed feelings. Uh, maybe there are passages that are beautiful, that have spoken to you in the past. But also maybe there are some things that you find really challenging. And so there's a kind of distance, I guess, between you and the Bible. You sometimes open it up, sometimes it speaks to you, sometimes you think, what is that about? So maybe it's it's complicated. Maybe you're in a, you know, I just can't deal with the Bible at the moment. I come to church, I love the worship, I love community, social action, yes. But the Bible, to be honest, I just really struggle with. Or maybe you're here exploring faith for the first time and the Bible is something that you looked at at an RE lesson many years ago and you're just kind of exploring what it might mean. Well, I want to say that wherever you are, that's okay. It's okay. There's no right or there's no wrong. And I want to begin really by saying there are parts of Scripture that are really hard and just kind of owning that. Uh, I used to lead a a children's group uh, 
quite a few years ago now, but um, it was for 10 and 11-year-olds. And um, one Sunday morning, I said, look, we're just going to have a chat around any question of faith that you want to. So just come with your questions and we can have a chat. And this 11-year-old boy put up his hand and said, I've got a question. If God is so loving, then why did he send an angel to kill the Assyrian army in 2 Kings 19? I thought that's quite a good question for an 11-year-old boy to ask. And I'm not sure I've got a great answer for it right now. And, you know, for all of us, there'll be times where we've read the Bible and we thought, what on earth is that about? Now, how do I reconcile that with a loving God? And I think it's great to have questions because questions show that our faith is alive. The minute we stop asking questions is the minute our faith dies. Now, of course, there are some tips, some wisdom that we can share on kind of genre and how we read the Bible and how we understand Revelation But the fact remains that we'll all have questions about the Bible that will probably remain uh, unanswered. There are parts of the Old Testament that seem excessively violent, parts of the New Testament that seem patriarchal and sexist. So if all this is true, why do we want to be a Bible church? Why do we want to be a Bible people? In Psalm 19, David talks about the Scriptures And he describes them as being more precious than gold. They are sweeter than honey, he says. Why does he say that about the Bible? Around the world today, there are people risking their lives to get Bibles into persecuted nations where they're persecuted for being a Christian. And when these people receive a Bible, they receive it with celebration and singing and joy. Why is that? When a king or queen is crowned in this country, part of the service is they're given a Bible with the words, this is the most valuable thing that this world affords. The most valuable thing. Why is that? And why does the Apostle Paul, in his last words, encourage Timothy to be a Bible person? Stay faithful to the Scriptures. Well, I just want to share two reasons tonight. There are many reasons why we want to be Bible people, but I want to share two reasons tonight. Um, And the first is this. I want to be a Bible person because the Bible is a place of encounter. It's a place of encounter. It's a place where we can meet with Jesus and hear his voice. In John chapter 5, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And uh, this is what he says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to have this life. In Luke 24, when um, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples, Luke tells us that Jesus opened up the scriptures concerning himself. In other words, the whole Bible points to Jesus. It's about an encounter with Jesus. And how often do we slip into thinking it's simply a book about information, then offering up the opportunity for transformation? About seven years ago, uh, when I was dating my now wife, Lydia, uh, we did the kind of long distance thing for a bit. So Lydia was living in London. Um, as a junior doctor, and uh, I was uh, in another city training for ministry at a college. And um, so most weekends, we would do the train journey to visit each other. 
And uh, the kind of G&T in a can on a Friday night on the train became like a kind of staple of life uh, at that point as we'd go and spend the weekends with one another. But during that season, we also used to write to each other a lot. And um, I found some of those letters the other day, and they're really special. We kind of don't do that anymore, obviously. But it was kind of a special time, and it was a real highlight of the week to go down to my pigeon hole and look through the letters, and you see all the kind of, you know, boring type letters, and then to see her handwriting was so exciting. And I take that letter up to my room and open it up and read it, and it, it gave me a window into what was going on in Lydia's life. It helped me to hear her voice. And you know, the same is true for the Bible. We love the Bible, not because of the Bible in itself, but because of the person that we meet in it, the person behind it, the voice that we get to open ourselves to. The Bible in Christianity is not the same as the Quran is in Islam. I recently heard uh, the conversion story of a guy called Anthony Bloom. Uh, which I thought was really cool. He grew up as a, an atheist, but he came to be one of the most prominent church leaders of the 20th century, uh, particularly in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And uh, at the beginning of the 20th century, he was living in Paris. His family were Russian, and the revolutions were kicking off there. So for safety, he moved to Paris, and he was a medical student. And uh, he was told by his university he had to go to this lecture by a priest to hear about Christian faith, and he refused to go. And uh, the university said, no, you have to go. It's just kind of obligatory. Uh, you don't have to listen. Just sit there and be there. And so very um, angrily he went. And uh, as he was sitting listening to this priest talk about Christian faith, he got more and more angry. And he was determined to go home and disprove Christianity and uh, keep on to his atheism. And so straight after the lecture, he went home, he found a, a Bible on the shelf, obviously, that hadn't been opened for a long time, and he went to the Gospels, because he knew that was the core of where faith lay, the stories of Jesus, and he found the shortest Gospel, because he didn't want to spend much time on it, he wanted to move on to other things. And so as he read Mark's Gospel, this is what he writes, and he wrote this in a little book called Beginning to Pray, many years later. He said this, while I was reading the beginning of Mark's gospel, before I reached the third chapter, I suddenly became aware that on the other side of the desk there was a presence. And this, that certainty was so strong, it was Christ standing there and it has never left me. And he went on to describe his conversion uh, as an event that left all problems of belief or disbelief behind because it was a direct personal encounter with Jesus. And you know, we're all invited. Jesus has come, come and meet me in the scriptures. We're all invited to meet Jesus in the Bible, not just as a one-off conversion moment, but every day to receive his strength in our lives. Jesus called the Bible the bread of life. Now, I don't know about you, but bread is something that I eat daily. It's something that we can feed on to give us strength. And here's the thing, how many times have I missed out on hearing from God or receiving from God because I haven't stopped to make time to meet with him? And my experience is that the days that I do stop to meet with God in the scriptures tend to go better than the days that I don't. You know, I'm less 
grumpy with those around me. I'm more full of God's perspective rather than my own perspective. I'm full of faith rather than cynicism. The days that I open up myself to the scriptures to meet with Jesus tend to go better than the days that I don't. And as I was preparing for today, just in the worship, I had a real sense of just, I was going to say hunger for God, but because it's so hot, I'm going to say thirst for God. Just being really thirsty for him. You know, there's, there's a lot going on, isn't there, in our world at the moment that can tire us out, that can wear us down. Maybe there are things that are going on in our lives at the moment that make us feel tired and thirsty. And you know, Jesus, I'm reminded of the story of the woman at the well in John 4. And Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you living water and you'll never be thirsty again. And it's like with the scriptures, we have this fountain where we can come to meet with Jesus and to drink from him and to be refreshed. You know, one of the things that for me personally, has been um, so trans- transformational for my own relationship with God over the last five or six years is reading the Psalms every day, just as a regular pattern. And you know, the Psalms are about experience. They're written so that we can experience God. They're not written for information so that we can necessarily learn things about him primarily, but so that we can experience his presence in our lives. And actually, when you think about the origin of the Psalms, I heard this recently, that um, someone described the Psalms as a virtual temple. You know, they were written when God's people were in exile in Babylon. There was no way to go into the presence of God. And so they had these songs, they had these poems of worship, and they wrote them down. And it was a way of encountering God's presence wherever you were. And the invitation is true today, that as we come to the scriptures, we can know God's presence. But you know, we have to be intentional with this encounter with God, with this meeting with God. If we want to meet a friend, you need a plan. And so for us, we need a place and we need a plan. What's the place that we can set aside to meet with God and to receive from him? Maybe there's a particular chair in your house that you're picturing right now. Maybe Uh, there's a a time in the day on your commute that you could set aside to open up yourself to God's word. And what about a plan? There are many apps and um, plans available. I often find the Lectio 365 app really helpful. And sometimes if I feel like there's not much time in the day, I'll just pop it on on the journey to nursery. And it's just that daily bread to receive from God. So why do we want to be Bible people? Because it's a place of encounter. We can hear God's voice and we can meet with him. And then secondly, the Bible gives us wisdom. The Bible gives us wisdom. You know, life is uh, complex, isn't it? It's full of decisions and choices that we have to make. Some are big and some are small. And with all our choices, we want to end up somewhere good, don't we? You know, we want to end up in a place of flourishing or happiness or whatever word you want to use. And the scriptures help us to make, if I can put it like this, good choices. Uh, Just to give an example of a a simple decision we might make uh, from kind of week to week, a decision we might make at the moment uh, is you hear the sound of an ice cream van coming down your street And you think, great, I get to choose an ice cream. 
That's one decision that you might make at the moment. And the answer is, of course, a Mr. Whippy with a 99 flake. That's one decision that we can make. But that's a decision that we might make by ourselves. You know, we could just decide what we want. We make that decision. But there are other decisions that we know we need some wisdom from outside of ourselves. That we can't make it um, ourselves. We need someone else's voice. We need wisdom because we don't know what to do. It's the nature of wisdom. Decisions about relationships, how to handle friendships, how to navigate family, romance, sex. We've got decisions about what we're going to prioritize in life. What makes a good life? What is the most important thing in life? What are we going to do with what God has given us in our time, our treasure, our talents? And then we have to decide how we view ourselves, our identity, uh, what makes for success in our lives. And you know, when we look at society at the moment, there are huge debates raging about some massive issues. What does it mean to be human? The value of human life, identity, gender, these massive kind of ethical discussions that are going on. And none of these issues we're going to get into tonight. But my point is, we often find ourselves what we could do with some wisdom from outside. It's like we need a map which allows us to make good choices so that we can get to where we want to be. Or if I can put it another way, we need a story that we can orient ourselves in so we can know what reality is. And the Bible is like a map or a story where we can understand what reality is. And we can navigate these decisions that we make. Paul writes, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. It's from the New Living Translation. And what Paul is saying is that the Bible tells us what is reality you know, if, you, if you're going on a journey, you need a map that is actually accurate. Otherwise, you're not going to get to the right place. And we need a, a picture of reality so we can understand what life is really like. And when we live according to reality, then we flourish. And when we don't, things don't go so well. John Mark Homer, in uh, his latest book, Live No Lies, puts it like this. We could just have the quote on the screen. When we believe truth, that is, ideas that correspond to reality, we show up to reality in such a way that we flourish and thrive. We show up to our bodies, our sexuality, our relationships, and above all to God himself in a way that is congruent with the creator's wisdom and good intentions for his creation. And as a result, we tend to be happy. And the Bible helps us to do that. It helps us to understand what is true and to live according to that. The American president, Tom, president Thomas Jefferson is known for um, a little habit that he had that he would cut out bits of the Bible that he didn't like. Whenever he would um, travel around and go to a hotel and he'd find a Gideon Bible or whatever the equivalent is in, in the States and he'd cut out the bits of the Bible that he doesn't like. And I guess it's easy for us, isn't it, to do the same, just to gravitate to the bits of the Bible that we're familiar with or that we like. But Paul says here, all scripture is God-breathed. 
And when we open ourselves up to the whole of Scripture's story or the whole counsel of God in kind of old school theological language, that's when we thrive and we're prepared, as Paul says, for every good work. We're prepared to live the kind of life that God has called us to live, to be the people he's created us to be. We live according to God's intentions. So as I come in to land, here's what I know. I know that God wants to meet with us. He wants to meet with us through his word and through his spirit that we might know the presence of Jesus in our lives. And I think one of the mistakes that we often make is that we separate word and spirit. And you have churches that are known for spirit and churches that are known for the word. But the beautiful kind of magic happens that when we bring the two together, and when we bring the two together, we know the presence of Jesus and the voice of Jesus. And we know the presence of Jesus, which is that water that we're all longing for, that we're thirsty for. And I know that God wants to speak to us through his word and through his spirit. We all have questions. We're all looking for guidance. We all need to hear his voice in our lives to give us strength, that daily bread. And God wants to speak. And so I'd love just to now invite us to stand. And we're going to invite God's spirit to come and, and see what he wants to do. So let's stand now. And we're just going to be still for a moment. I'm just going to invite God's presence to come. Maybe there's just one idea, one thing that I've shared that has struck you. I want an invitation from the Lord tonight. I just invite you to hold that in your heart as we say, come Holy Spirit. 